Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf, and I have a bunch of pressing topics on the docket to talk about with you this morning. In light of what's happened with the new NIL rules for college athletes, are you seeing what's now happening to high school athletes who want the same rules to apply to them? This is an issue we've talked about over the course of the spring and summer as to whether high school athletes can cash in too. And now we're beginning to see some actual case studies. I want to get your thoughts about this this changing landscape. And from the Sports Edge police blotter, did you read that a couple of high school basketball coaches were charged with second-degree murder in the death of a 16-year-old player, all due to extreme heat and humidity? And sadly, there are rising concerns about high school youth and club sports for this fall due to a rise in the Delta variant of COVID, especially with teenage athletes. Are we going to have a repeat of what happened last year in terms of postponement of high school games, shorter seasons? Already, there is just growing confusion regarding high-risk sports and vaccinations with teenagers. The reality this time around is that we now want our kids over the age of 12 to all be vaccinated. But unfortunately, the uh, the current numbers show that only around 50% are. That's going to have some real distressing impact as we get set for the start of the fall high school sports season, especially with high-risk sports like football. I just don't know if parents or high school coaches or athletes are even aware of what the new mandates are or what they're going to be. And if we have time later in the hour, and we may not, but the Field of Dreams game between the White Sox and the Yankees was just just an extraordinary success in every way. And I'll have some personal thoughts and reflections about playing in some unusual ballparks in my own career. So let's get right into it. As always, our number here is 1-877-337-6666. Let's start. Now, remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about the impact of NIL, that's name, image, and likeness, on not just college athletes, but we were asking on the show whether high school athletes could also follow suit. That is, could a, could a top high school star athlete do endorsement deals and, and get paid for it? Well, there was a fascinating article in the New York Times just a couple of days ago which addressed this very issue. And in short, there are a few states, most uh, notably Texas and North Carolina, that do not allow high school kids to do any kind of endorsement deals. 
But <laughs> already in Texas and in some other states, including New York State, educators are starting to grapple with these new rules and uh, guidelines as to what a high school athlete can do in terms of uh, doing local endorsement deals or even autograph signings. The reason why Texas in particular, and this is, this is kind of fascinating, the reason why Texas is now scrambling to rewrite its own current law is because of a quarterback named Q Quinn Ewers. Now, Ewers of South Lake, Texas, was, up until a few weeks ago, he was expected to lead his high school team this fall in its chase for another state championship in that state, in Texas. Uh, he's considered one of the nation's top football prospects. But instead, this kid, uh, Quinn Ewers, he announced recently that he's going to graduate from high school early, skip a senior year at Carroll High School, and he's going to enroll at Ohio State to pursue uh, the starting quarterback job there. And along the way, in doing this, he's expected to rake in hundreds of thousands of dollars in endorsement deals. Why? Well, under current Texas law, Ewers can't pursue any of these financial offers if he's still playing high school football. But he can if he's in college. So this is like the, the quintessential case study of high school versus college and what's happening with these NIL deals. Anyhow, this case in particular is forcing Texas legislature and many other states to quickly go back and to, to reevaluate their rules regarding high school athletes. So yes, let's put this in perspective. On one hand, Quinn Ewers, this talented quarterback from Texas, yeah, he is basically blowing off his high school football teammates in order to cash in. But on the other hand, he's going to generate and make a goodly amount of dough. And as one, as one observer pointed out, he's going to make more money at endorsement deals this fall than the entire football coaching staff at his old high school in South Lake, Texas. Think about that for a second. I mean, that's, that's the world in which we now live, and it's happened very, very quickly in terms of, of amateur athletes. Needless to say, it's all, all unprecedented, and you know, quite frankly, this could happen around here just as easily. Uh, another case, there's a very, very talented basketball player in North Carolina named Mikey Williams. He's got a huge social media following. Apparently, he's got more than... 3 million followers on Instagram, which earns him lots of money from advertisers. But under current North Carolina law, he's not allowed to cash in. So what's he going to do? Well, this kid's going to transfer to play on an independent basketball club team it's outside of the high school, which obviously the independent basketball club squad, that is not bound by state education laws. And he's going to basically finish his high school degree taking classes online. Why? Because, quite frankly, if he does this, he's then able to basically make a lot of money from his Instagram following from social media. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is a lot to sort of digest, uh, as simple as that. Now, from what I can tell, and this is to me, from what I can sense, this is going to be the key here. And I do think this is going to set the tone going forward with high school athletes. And that is, 
I think we're going to see more and more states that are going to allow high school kids to do endorsement deals and autograph signings and so on and so forth. But, and this is the key, they won't be able to incorporate their high school's name, image, or likeness uh, or use the high school's name in those deals. So if the kid wants to is approached by, you know, some sort of uh, a local pizzeria or a car dealer or whatever it might be, chances are they'll be allowed to do that uh, as long as they don't appear wearing the school uniform or the school name or so on and so forth. I mean, I, again, this is all uncharted, unprecedented territory, but I get that sense that that's, that's the direction we're going to go into. And again, a lot of this still has to be worked out. A lot of individual school districts, by the way, might have their own sets of rules and regulations. Uh, in other words, they may decide, no, 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 we're not going to allow that at all uh, because we just feel differently about having our athletes remain totally pure as amateurs and not be distracted you know, by other outside uh, situations. Yet one aspect of all this is very, very clear. If any youngster has monetary deals that are related to his or her activities outside the realm of high school sports, that is, if a youngster uh, like this Mikey Williams has a big social media following for, say, uh, on their tips on, on how to dress uh, stylishly or what are the new hot movies for, for teenagers to watch. If a kid has a big social media presence and that draws advertisers because of the following, then I think that's going to appear to be okay as well. So it's outside the realm of sports. Again, it's complicated stuff, and it's all come down the pike very, very quickly, again, in light of what's happening in college. And we already know, of course, that even with college, we still don't know what's going to happen. We've read all these, these, uh, these potential lucrative deals for top college players, you know, generating hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for them. But again, it's just now we're talking about the high school level, high school kids. What do you think? One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I mean, coaches, high school coaches in particular, what do you make of all this? I mean, for example, do you think this might lead to some sort of, I don't know, internal team jealousies between high school players? That is, if, if uh, I were the starting and star running back on the high school team, or I was a star point guard or the, the star shortstop, then would I be able to generate more endorsement deals? But because I'm not getting enough playing time or because the coach uh, has somebody ahead of me who's not as good as I am, that's costing me and my family a lot of money. Is that going to end up, <laughs> I hate to ask this, but will that put even more parental pressure on high school coaches as to which kids are to play and so on and so forth? This is going to be very, very odd. And I do think it's going to happen. And I, I, I'm curious. I mean, I coaches... Uh, you got to be prepared for this, and there is no real guidelines at this point. It's all being basically, as I said, dissected and analyzed at higher levels. And by the way, who's going to oversee all of this stuff? I mean, if, if we feel a kid is somehow cutting deals with, op, with, with, with uh, you know, endorsements that are not necessarily in line with the coaches or with the school or with the state, who's going to enforce all this stuff? I mean, that's another question, and that's always a problem, especially with state athletic associations. Who, who's going to be the watchdog and, and come down? What kind of who, – who's going to watch over this stuff? All right, those are the kind of topics we're going to talk about with that. I'm curious to get your feedback about this. And, of course, the, we're going to talk about what's 
happening as well uh, with this uh, this unbelievable case in Georgia, where two high school basketball players uh, have been charged uh, criminally with murder for uh, running a high school basketball practice in the heat of summer. Have one of the girls on the team, you know, passed up and passed out and died. It's as simple as that. All right, let me take a pause. When I return, again, we have a lot of things to cover this morning. I'm eager to get your your thoughts. As always, one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. This is the wild wild west of youth and amateur sports. Stay with me. Welcome back to the Sports Edge, everyone. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk about this unusual case out of Georgia where a couple of high school basketball coaches were charged in the death of a high school player due to heat and humidity. But I just want to get some some feedback right now about what's going to happen in terms of NIL and high school athletes. And we're taking your calls, of course, at one 337 Let's start our discussion this morning. Let's go to Ed Ward over in Jersey. Ed, good morning. I thought, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're calling because I figured you might be interested in this whole thing with particular high school baseball players and looking for making some money uh, at the high school level and endorsement deals. Well, first of all, thanks for responding to the email I sent you this week. Of course. Yeah, uh, this is getting crazy, Rick. I mean, it's no more going out to play play, play sports, enjoy the game. Hopefully things will, will lead to something in the future, whether it be a college education, college scholarship, or even a possibility to play in pro ball. Yep. Everyone is, everyone is just jumping the gun, going crazy on this, and they're looking to get an edge on, on everything. And it's, 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 it's getting out of control. And you know what? This type of stuff is really the wild, wild west, as you and Jack <laughs> like to say. I'm being serious on that. It's, yeah, it it's is. out of control. Well, I mean, the point is it's going to take some time for all this to sort of settle down. Not every kid. In fact, most kids are not going to see any uh, money you know, come to them and the endorsement deals. Only the very few uh, and, and super talented will. But the fact is, uh, along the way, there's going to be some uh, disgruntlement and there's going to be some concern, as I mentioned before the break. You know, who's going to oversee this? Uh, are the coaches going to be involved in this? Are uh, the school districts going to be watching all this? Uh, you know, it, it's going to be slippery. And uh, I, I, do, I do fear there are going to be some hurt feelings and there's going to be some kids and, and their parents who are going to feel like somehow they got... Um, you know, jilted along the way because if only my kid got more playing time or my kid was a starter that, or made all league or made all county, then my kid could have made more money as he or she heads off to college. Ed, it, it's, well, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how it plays out. Well, how would you like to be a high school coach? This kid, whatever kids, kids, whatever the amount of players he's coaching, they all got these endorsement deals. How hard are they going to work in practice? Or are they going to have that attitude that, Hey, I'm the man here. I, I can do whatever I want. How how hard is that for the coach if he's got to discipline him and all that stuff? Well, I think it, it's it's that's part of the issue. I mean, and also see, uh, you know, for example, uh, I given some more thought. Can a club uh, or a travel team can they offer an endorsement deal to a hot, top high school player in order to entice him or her to go out and play for that club team? Yeah, I think uh, they can do that, and I think they w- that will happen. So, uh, and I think that's going to be the next step. They're going to you're going to find cases where a kid is saying, "Well, you know, I could play for my high school team, but uh, you know, this other outside team has offered me some several thousand dollars. They've told me that they'll line me up with a, an endorsement opportunity if I go play for them. Goodbye, high school. I mean, it's 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 really 
uh, it's become the professionalization of uh, of amateur athletes uh, at a very young age. Ed, let me take some. take some. Go ahead. Pretty soon they're going to be doing professionalization in T-ball. <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, I think that's that's where we're headed. Simple as that. Let me take some more calls, Ed. Thank you as always for the call. Appreciate it. Let me uh, let me move on to. Let's go to uh, let's go to Michael in Virginia. Michael, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, great morning to you, uh, Rick. And uh, as always, a great topic. Yeah, well, this is interesting stuff, Mike. You know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I know you are well versed in all this. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are. What do you think is going to happen with these high school athletes? Well, I, I think this is about to open up the door for some slippery slope uh, operations going on because you know you'll have these third uh, parties stepping in to um, coach these athletes or advise these athletes. And now you have unauthorized agents uh-huh. moving about the community and moving about the teams. And, and think about a kid, like like you said earlier, think about a kid that's playing on the team. He's making more than the high school coach. You know, mm-hmm. where is his mind? His mm-hmm. mind is, Coach, you got to give me playing time because I just bought the sneakers for the team. Right. Or, you yes. know, I just, I just furnished everybody with, with some new whatever. You know, I donated, you know, X amount of dollars to the school. And so, as a result, what's going to happen as far as ADs are going to be involved? Especially if you got a kid that's giving back to the school. Now what's going to happen? You got to play this kid or <laughs> you'll find a new job. That's right. I mean, it, 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 the, the thing just begins to totally spiral out of control. Uh, and again, this is all happening so quickly and so fast. Nobody's had a chance to really sit down and figure this out. I mean, as I mentioned, this kid, uh, this quarterback out of Texas, I mean, he's already decided, well, you know, I could stay and, and play with my high school team, uh, traditional program, and have a great senior year. But if I go to Ohio State and finish uh, high school, uh, you know, uh, quickly, and he's done that apparently, I, I'm going to make a lot of money for myself and my family by going to play in college and get all these endorsement deals. I, I, it's just weird. Um, it's just very, very weird. And as I said, without any real sort of sense of strict of uh, structure, it's going to just uh, be curious to see how all this plays out. And I do think there are going to be some hurt feelings along the way, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, um, <laughs> I tell you, Michael, it's, we, we live in interesting times, my friend, simple as that. Like you and I spoke of, it's time for a governing body. Yeah, I do think the time has come for some sort of commissioner of youth sports uh, more than ever to oversee all this, to get a panel of really top-notch experts and say, let's figure out what's going on with our kids and, and our priorities and try to figure this out so there is sort of a happy ending for all involved. But right now, uh, it's uh, everybody is trying to scramble for whatever they can do to make some extra cash for themselves and, and for their, their families. Uh, it's not a bad thing, obviously. We want, all want to make some money uh, to pay the bills, but in terms of the, the vehicles and the channels to do this, I yeah, it, it's, it makes you sit there and sort of ponder what could go wrong. It's as simple as that. Michael, thank you for the call. Let me move on. Appreciate it. Uh, let me just talk very quickly because, again, our time is, is limited this morning. Uh, <laughs> Let me just put, say this to you so you guys know this, and you already already know this if you're involved with high school sports. From uh, 1995 to 2020, 
20, uh, 51 high school football players uh, in the United States died from heat stroke uh, during football-related activity. That comes from the University of North Carolina's National Center for Catastrophic Sports Injury Research. Uh, I mean, so we do know there's a history of high school football players because obviously football practice is done uh, preseason in, in August. Uh, but we're talking now about high school basketball. I mean, look, this just seems to be something that is just extraordinary. But last week, a high school basketball head coach and her assistant in the state of Georgia, they were charged with second-degree murder in the death of a 16-year-old basketball player. And this tragedy happened two years ago when these coaches had, had this girl and her teammates running stadium steps in totally oppressive summer heat. Uh, it was The heat index was well over 100. Apparently, the girl collapsed, and she uh, died in the uh, ER. The coaches were running these drills despite warnings from the state about the heat and humidity and that school practices should be run only inside buildings which have air conditioning. So, grand jury in Clayton County, Georgia, indicted La Rosa Maria Walker Esquer, the head basketball coach at Elite Scholars Academy in Jonesboro, Georgia, and also Dwight Broom Palmer, the assistant basketball coach of charges of second-degree murder and cruelty to children, involuntary manslaughter, and reckless conduct. In court documents, uh, Ms. Walker Esquer said that it was her first day as the coach of the girls' basketball team and that she was relying in large part on the direction of the athletic director and of other school personnel to conduct the conditioning activity. Now, look, that's not a good excuse. Common sense is that if the temperature is close to 100 degrees with high humidity, you don't have your players running outside doing stadium steps. Uh, Coaches, look, this is obviously a tragic situation. But let's face it, and we've talked about this for a number of years on the show, you need to pay attention. And assistant coaches, you need to have the courage to remind your head coach of how the weather is that day and how dangerous it can be, especially if it's the first day of practice and you really have no idea if your players are in good shape. Now, I got to tell you, I I got no idea what's going to happen with this, uh, this criminal case. I assume there'll be some sort of a plea bargain that's worked out. But one thing is for sure, this criminal case, I mean, it's made national headlines. And every coach and athletic director in America is aware of it. So to that end, I guess this case has put coaches on alert everywhere that you need to put the health and welfare of your players as your number one first priority. And that's just obviously common sense. Now, again, that sounds basic, right? But just... Bear in mind that it wasn't too long ago that high school and college football coaches uh, totally forbade their athletes from taking any kind of water break during August practice sessions. I mean, I can personally vividly recall those brutal days in August when I played high school football. It was not only just terrible, but it was, quite frankly, flat-out dangerous. And I'm not kidding. You were not allowed to have a water break, you just had to slug it out and hopefully you didn't pass out from the heat because obviously you were in full pads. A lot of times you're doing double sessions. Uh, In those days, double session football practices were run usually during the morning hours and also in the heat of the afternoon hours. It was was tough. So, I mean, again, 
I, I, I don't really know what's going to happen here with this case, but it's, uh, I, I can't recall any case like this where, where a situation where it's, it's evolved into an actual criminal charges were brought against the coaches. I should also point out, too, there, were, there was a civil suit brought against the coaches and the school uh, and, and the athletic director as well. I don't know what the status of that case is. I guess it's still in, being litigated. But this is pretty serious stuff. Um, again, we know that, as I said, we do know there are tragedies when it comes to high school football uh, in particular. Uh, just recently, some other you know, kids had died this year from high school heat-related deaths. We just don't know. You know, we do what we can. we got to make sure the athletic trainers are up to speed, how to be prepared for these kind of situations. And obviously most high schools, most states now put out mandates. If the temperature is too high, if the humidity is too strong, you do not have practice or you go indoors. It's simple as that. But it's just it's just scary stuff. I mean, it's just scary, scary stuff. Let me, let me take some calls about this as well. Let's go to, um, let's go to Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Jack, good morning. You're next up on the fan. How are you, Rick? Good. How are you? Um, pretty good. I'm in the car driving up to Boston to see the grandkids. <laughs> good for you. So, and actually, Sue's sitting right next to me, so she might have something to say. Okay. But um, listen, you know, we've talked about many times, you know, what I did at school with my kids that were impulsive, you know, with a little card that says, uh, let's think before we speak and let's think before we act. And... The problem with today is that most of these coaches don't think, you know, they come out, you know, this was her first day of practice and it was her first day of coaching, as you said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, she's probably out there trying to be a little bit tough on them, let them know that she's going to set the rules and everything like that. And once again, not thinking about what she was doing. And, you know, listen, for the coach, the assistant coach to have to remind her, of what the weather's like, you know, in that situation, you walk outside, you break out to a sweat. I, I don't think you need a reminder, you know, so I, I you know, these people just, these people just don't think. And there's, like you said, there's been so many cases of this happening. Just recently at one of the universities in New York, I believe, a football player died of heat exhaustion. Now, I think his problem was he had a defective heart that they didn't know about, but the heat is what killed him. So, um, you know, to not give kids water, to not let kids hydrate, you can't go, you know, when I do a camp, and I've done the Nike camp over at Yogi Berra Stadium for years, and we have rotations, we have stations. Every time we rotate, every 10 to 12 minutes, we tell the kids to drink your water, even the instructors. So, you know, when you're talking about the stupidity, seriously, the stupidity of a coach who allows something like this to happen, you know, and these are the kid, these are the people that are coaching our kids that we let go in the morning and we're hopefully, you know, hopefully they're taking care of our kids. They're guiding our kids in the right direction. And yet you have things like this happen and it, it's just uncalled for, Rick. It's well, just completely Jack, uncalled it, for. Um, as, and I think, let me go down that pathway for a second with you to really sort of put a, to put a to underscore this we put as parents we put our trust in our kids coaches and we assume the coaches are hopefully blessed with common sense and hopefully their top priority is the health and welfare of our kids but so 
and I understand that, that the, in this particular case, the coach, I'm sure, was trying to make a good, solid impression on the first day of practice. Uh, and, and clearly she was, you know, trying to set, set the tone that this is going to be a, a, a tough team. We're going to work these kids hard and so on and so forth. But again, to walk outside and it's 100 degrees or 98 degrees with high humidity, common sense, especially if a coach has been an athlete, him or herself, knows that this is pretty hot, tough to work out in that kind of condition. But, but beyond that, uh, the ki- they have to understand the kids, the athletes, the high school athletes, are there to do what they can to impress and to please the coach any way they can. So the kids are going to do whatever they're, they're told to do. And, and in this case, it just ended up in a tragedy. I mean, it's just, it's just a total, total uh, lose-lose situation, which could have been avoided. And, and um, yeah, I mean, you can see it. the people in Georgia, uh, the, the local prosecutor was pretty angry about this and said, I'm going to really throw the book at this, at this coaching staff because they should have used some common sense. I mean, it's just... It's you know, we, we as teachers, you know, when I was teaching, um, all the years that I was teaching, we had a principal that put limits. If, the, if it was more than 80 degrees or 85 degrees, you were not allowed to go outside. You had to stay inside. And if it you know, dropped below well, you know, 32 freezing, you were not allowed. There must be regulations now put into, you know, put into law, possibly, or you know, like the NJSIAA put out a, a thing that says if, you're, if it is, humidity is above 80% yeah, well, in the temperature, the heat index. Yeah, there are, there, there, but those things, don't, don't, and, and that's correct. They're, they're, most, most states, most school districts, most athletic associations do have those out. And, and I don't know what happened in, in Georgia. I assume they have those as well. But, uh, you know, it's just even without those things in place, and they are in place, just common sense. Uh, it's, it's, it's just terrible. Jack, thank you for the call. Uh, enjoy your grandchildren. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Uh, let's move on. Let's go. To, let's go quickly to. Um, well, let me let me take a let me take a quick break here because I obviously have more things to cover. Uh, we're, again, I want to get more of your thoughts and comments. I do want to mention about what's happening with with COVID and the and the Delta uh, variant, which uh, how may have a real serious impact with high school sports. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. When I return, I'll go right back to your call. Stay with me. Hey, friends, don't forget that uh, 9 o'clock, Richard Nero will be along. He'll be coming along right after the update and, of course, after the Sports Edge. And as always, I remind you to check out uh, my website for all sorts of resources and books at AskCoachWolf.com. You can follow me on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf. And, of course, we're taking your calls this morning at 1-877-337-6666. Let's continue our conversation with uh, Rob out of uh, Lake Success. Rob, are you there? Good morning. Yes, Rick. I got to tell you something. What a show today. Hearing Jack, hearing the gentleman from Virginia, even Ed Ward chiming in. Listen, you got to get a copyright. Number one, we need a commissioner, and you're, you're the guy. But you should copyright Wild Wild West, okay? <laughs> you, with the Wild Wild West, with the youth and amateur sports going forward, because it's going to be someone's going to come up with that show topic and use that name because you, you hit, a, hit it, uh, the nail right on the head. I got a few things I want to talk about here. Number one, every first of all, you were talking about going forward with this. Uh, a high school situation, it, it, it's good and bad, but it's going to cause a lot of problems 
going forward with jealousy and coaches like the gentleman from Virginia brought up. And this is going to be just, it's, we're, it's on the fly. We don't know what's going to happen. But I want to just talk about this nutrition and talking about sports. We're starting high school sports right now. The, you know, as far as uh, midsummer, they're going to be starting a football. There's a date that they start. Uh, the soccer teams, the cross country teams, they're all going to be coming back. And we don't know the level of where the fitness these kids have been throughout the summer. Now, the cross country kids, I'm sure, have been running and getting ready for their, you know, for their fall season all summer long. They're going to train. But the soccer players, the football players, hopefully they're staying in some kind of conditioning going forward. But this is old school, Rick. This is crazy. Gatorade was invented because of this, because a chemist was brought in by the, the, the Florida Gators coach back in the 60s, and he came up with this concoction, and yep. he experimented, and we should know better. I mean, you know, and you talk about the Delta. I mean, there's so much. This is a, this is a day's well, topic, what you got on here, Rick. This is there's so many things to talk about, and hopefully we're going to continue this. This Delta, we're going to be getting now a third shot. They are already approved it, okay, in New York State. So people are going to start running to get that shot in the very, very near future. And we don't know what's going to happen with that. But as far as kids going out and, and the stupidity of a coach – Okay, not what we know about heat exhaustion in the summer months and down in Georgia. Um, I'm going out to run. I'm training for the Boston Maritime. It's not about me. I carry water all the time. Every mile I'm sipping and I'm drinking, especially in the summer months. And I just want to bring something to you, up, you know, along these lines, okay, with, mm-hmm. with, with, with COVID. And I, not many people know this. I know you know this, okay? You know because of Dr. Zim. Okay, who you had, Dr. Zimmerman, who you had on. When I had COVID, I had a CAT scan, okay, all because of COVID. And I found out because of that, I have coronary plaque. In January, I had three stents put in my heart. And I, my life is saved because of you guys and because I realized that I, was, I had lung issues, which thankfully are, are, are fine now, okay. For, I am alive because of COVID and putting in three stents, and I'm running better than ever. Yep. Thank you to you well, and everybody out there, Rick. I just, the last point, I would just have to let, just because you think you're in shape, parents, and the kids are young, everybody should get a stress test at, at, at a certain age and be aware. Just, it doesn't matter, okay? I, and this is really a, a service announcement. I'm alive and well and doing fabulous all because of your show. I just want to add, Rob, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, (laughs) the fact is you're not a guy who's a couch potato. You've been a championship runner, long-distance runner your entire life. So when you're talking about staying in shape and and going and getting a a stress test and so on and so forth, it's, it's, I mean, this is not somebody who was heavyset or or smokes and drinks a lot. It's somebody who takes care of himself, and that's, that's, that's important. And I don't mind sharing it because it's a public service. Kids should also be checked. And coaches, you've got to be aware in the summer months to take precautions. To, and all through the year. I, I mean, it, it, and, and just no Rick, keep up the great work. Rob, thank, thank you so much for your thoughts as always. And obviously, uh, we're just we're grateful you're still with us and, and doing well. Thank, thank you, Rob. Uh, let me just very quickly mention this because this is important. And uh, again, my, my time is, is uh, limited, but I, and again, I'm a little hesitant to even mention this, but it is clear from the headlines that every parent 
especially those who have kids who play sports, you have to be aware that the growing COVID concerns with the Delta variant, it's giving us real pause as to whether or not students need to wear masks in school. And along those lines, with the surge in these new cases, especially with kids, it's going to have some sort of impact with high school and youth sports uh, in the next few weeks. Now, look, I don't want to get involved in politics and any of this nonsense. I just want to see kids, athletes go out and have a chance to play sports. I mean, the last thing we want is a repeat of what happened last year with the the either canceled or shortened uh, sports seasons. But it's a good idea to at least think about what kinds of precautions and practical lessons we have learned from last year. Now, we know that the federal government last year didn't provide any real substantial guidelines, so it fell to individual states and to governors to offer some COVID uh, guidelines. And when they didn't offer much, the key decisions on whether to play sports or not was left in the hands of the individual you know, school districts. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that was a satisfactory approach last year. And as you recall, there was a tremendous amount of, of well, just confusion and chaos. And that was when the majority of COVID patients were not vaccinated and the concern was primarily on adults, meaning teachers and coaches. But this year, because we're seeing a rise in younger people and in teenagers getting the disease, and the early suggestions are that the local school districts are still going to make the call on whether or not they're going to allow kids to play sports. And again, I'm not trying to alarm anyone. As of right now, school sports are supposed to be back to normal. That's what they're saying. And again, I'm not saying any of this is going to be imminent in terms of shortened seasons or, or reductions in play. I'm just trying to be super cautious just in case the, the rise in COVID cases due to Delta continues to rise around this area. Now, for example, Connecticut, state of Connecticut has already announced guidelines for their fall high school athletes, which includes a strong push for high school athletes, all of them to get vaccinated right away. And regarding masks, well, in Connecticut, that's going to depend, they say, on a lot on whether or not the sport the kid plays is an indoor or an outdoor sport. But in New York State, well, there's a lot of confusion that coaches and parents and athletes are still going through with the same problems last year. For example, the New York State Education Department just released a booklet regarding COVID and this coming school year. And again, the school year starts in a couple of weeks. Of note to high school sports, quote, High-risk sports and extracurricular activities should be virtual or canceled in areas of high community transmission unless all the participants are fully vaccinated. Let me read that to you again. This is from New York State's Education Department. High-risk sports, that includes, for example, football, and any other extracurricular activities should be virtual or canceled in areas of high community transmission unless all participants are fully vaccinated. Now, according to the latest CDC data, all counties within Section 1s and Section 9 in New York State are classified as areas of high transmission. This would also obviously affect the the, the local Catholic, uh, parochial, and private schools in the non-public leagues. And just a reminder, Section 1 in New York State, that's Westchester, Rockland, Putnam, parts of Dutchess Counties, Section 9, Sullivan, Orange, Ulster, and Dutchess County as well. High-risk sports last year included football, volleyball, ice hockey, wrestling, boys lacrosse, cheerleading. I mean, here's the problem. In the Mid-Hudson region of New York State right now, 
which again includes those counties I just talked about, <laughs> only 40% of kids 12 to 15 are vaccinated and only a little more than half of the kids who are over the age of 16 are vaccinated. In other words, we're talking about only half of all the teenagers, presumably the kids who want to play sports. A lot of them do, but they're not vaccinated. I, I just don't know. This is just a mess. It's, it's so disturbing to me that, uh, again, we just can't seem to get around this, and we can't seem to get some real direction. Uh, if, if, if uh, Again, it seems to me if you've got a kid who wants to play sports in high school this year, uh, he or she needs to get vaccinated right away. And even now, it takes, you know, if we take it's a two-shot deal, it still might hold them up a little bit, you know, for, for the delay before they're fully, the vaccine to take full effect. And beyond that, you got to find out from your high school coaches if, if they know, or the athletic director, or your school district, as to what's going on. Are there going to be delays? Are there going to be postponements uh, when it comes to high-risk sports like football, uh, you know, like, like volleyball, I mean, soccer? I mean, what, what's going on? Let's take some calls uh, and see what people think about this, because I do think this is a pressing concern that seems to have jumped up, even though we theoretically should have been working on this over the last few months as, as the Delta variant begins to spread all over the country. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Mark in New Haven. Mark, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, hey, Mark. as far as Georgia's concerned, I don't think that lady's going to do a day in jail because it's not murder that she, that she committed. Murder is when you intend, you want to kill somebody. She didn't want that to happen. It was an accident. No, I think that's the the general consensus. I'm, as I said, I think there's going to be a uh, – clearly she didn't want the, the kid to die. Uh, right. I think there's going to be, obviously, some sort of plea bargain. But for the prosecutor, this was their way uh, – and thank you for the thought, Mark. This was their way of getting the attention of our coaches all over the country saying, we're not kidding. You know, you've got to have some common sense when it comes to working out your athletes in, in the heat and humidity because we've seen a lot of kids over the years who have died. And, you know, coaches – you know, whatever reason to figure they're going to toughen up their squad by having them work out in, in the summer heat. And it's not a smart thing to do. Let's move on. Let's go uh, to Jamie in Long Island. Jamie, good morning. You're on the fan. Jamie's gone. All right, let's go to Tom in Brick, New Jersey. Tom, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Commissioner, remember I was think I was the first one that offered you the job. <laughs> yes, 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 you were. Thank you for that, Tom. Hey, things have only gotten more more difficult, more complicated. So, oh boy, have they. The biggest fear facing uh, high school sports, yep, or youth sports is greed. It's greed. You know, that's a gift to be an athlete. And the hardest damn sports to sport to play is baseball. For 50 years, I've been coaching kids in, in youth baseball, and the change I see is incredible. At 13 years of age, they don't need youth sports anymore. They have a thing called Area Code Baseball, mm-hmm. sponsored by the... Major League Baseball and Division One colleges. Give us your kids at 13 years of age in advanced tournaments, and we will have a read on his ability. At 13, I, I, I mean, I, it just cuts. It cuts across, and you're absolutely right because that's the reality. 
But, you know, when a kid is 13 and they're just entering into adolescence, uh, we all know, because as parents, we went through adolescence, we know so many things can change to a kid uh, between the time they're 12 or 13 and the, and the time they graduate from high school. They're going to go through a growth spurt. Uh, they're going to get bigger, stronger, in some cases faster. In some cases, they're going to lose weight and get trimmer. In some cases, they're going to get bigger and stronger and stronger it's just it's you can't yeah you can identify a kid as having some athletic ability when they're 12 or 13 tom but you can't predict how they're going to develop over the next uh, five or six years just from a physical perspective and of course the other key in all this is how much work does a kid want to put into their sport uh, or sports in order to get better and more competitive and improve those are the key variables that any coach will tell you is the key to a kid's success. And, and you can't, I mean, I, I just worry about what happens to these kids when they get to be 12 or 13 or, you know, a year older and they start thinking that, well, they are, they are the very, very best uh, at, at their age level. That's maybe true. But what happens to them when they get to be 16 or 17 or 18? I mean, I, Tom, it, it's, it's, it is a huge, huge concern, uh, and, and I, thank you, I thank you for the call. I mean, just to take a, a quick digression on this, and again, we're, we've talked about a lot of different topics this morning, everything from uh, NIL and high school athletes, and, and as Tom mentioned, there's a lot of certain, look, we're all, <laughs> greed helps drive a lot of these youth sports, unfortunately, and obviously kids want to find a way to help you know, pay their bills for the family and so on and so forth. I get that. Number two, uh, you know, talking about the heat and humidity and coaches who want to win and may not be necessarily, you know, plugged in to the health and welfare of their kids who are trying to impress the coaches when it's hot out and trying to do whatever they can to say, like, I can, I can, I can perform for you at, at a top level even though I don't feel well and I'm getting woozy and I'm feeling that the, the heat and humidity are getting to me. Uh, kids aren't necessarily concerned about their, their health because at that age, they figure they're going to live forever. They do feel they're, they're going to be immortal. But we do know there were, unfortunately, lots and lots of reports of kids who die from, from heat exhaustion, heat stroke, every year. And, and the third thing, of course, I mentioned is the whole thing with the Delta variant. I, I, we need some real direction here. If we're going to have our kids go out and play high-risk sports in the fall, like football, or you know, ice hockey, or, or, or lacrosse, or whatever it might be, soccer... Give us some direction. Do we have to have all the kids vaccinated before a team can play? Is that, I mean, to me, that seems like common sense. And maybe that will happen. But right now, tell us. Give us some direction. There are people who know, you know, that their jobs are all about giving instruction to high school athletes, high school coaches, athletic directors. Let them tell us what we need to do. And I think that is what the, but that's the kind of guidance we really, really need for our kids. We do not want to go through a repeat of what happened last year. We want the kids to go out and play sports. Okay, that's going to do it for me and this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks, of course, to Ed Arzuman. Please stick around for Richard Neer. He's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 